Hey guys, welcome to Fuck Small Talk. I'm your host, Mariah Joe, life and recovery coach. I have my master's in sociology and a few certifications in nutrition and behavioral health. I'm also a certified peer recovery specialist, which is a fancy way of saying I use my own experience with addiction and mental health to help others heal too. And I'm here to say fuck that, to fake fluffy talk for the sake of fitting in. You don't need to fit in, you belong. Let's dive into this week's big talk topic. Welcome to Fuck Small Talk. I am talking with a old time friend of mine. Um, so we met early, early in my recovery journey. And so I'm sitting here with Kevin. We, we call him the Sober Ginger. That's his Instagram handle. Hi, Kevin. Yep. I've been called many things, much worse. So yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, <laughs> hey, how's it going? I am so excited that you are here. It was kind of a like a jumble with our schedules, but we are officially yeah. here. It is a Sunday evening and we are making it work. Yep. Oh. Making it happen. Um, I was so excited to reach out to you. And honestly, before Fuck Small Talk even was like before I even had a launch date or anything, when I was dreaming about guests to have on the podcast, you are always one of the first people that come to my mind. So I think it's really strange. I think I have about 18 episodes out now. And it's weird that like I'm just now speaking with you. <laughs> to be fair, I think we we started talking uh, a month or two ago. So it's yeah. some of my uh, fault. And yeah. Uh, Literally, our schedules are just not jiving. So, yeah. That's, yeah, no, I'm just really, really happy that you're here. And I was wondering if, um, without further ado, if you want to jump in and just kind of explain a little bit to the listeners, um, just the shorthand version of your recovery journey and, you know, where you like, it's kind of, it's kind of the, the, like in the 12 step program, we tend to say like, Hey, what was it like? What happened or changed? And what is it like now? Yeah. So, you know, I, to go back to the beginning, uh, really, I really didn't start drinking until college, uh, is when I, you know, dove into that. Not really much, uh, before that handful of times, handful of drinks, like, you know, nothing, nothing big, but you know, having some freedom kind of setting myself up with, you know, I was in a fraternity, I played football, they all kind of lended themselves to drinking. Um, and where did you time. grow up? I'm from Pennsylvania and I went to school in Cleveland and that's where I'm at now around Cleveland. So, okay. I'm in Fargo, North Dakota. I, I like forget yeah. to say that a lot. So yeah. yeah, you're in Ohio now. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've always drank, I've always been a binge drinker. That was how I, that's how I was. I didn't really like, it was, I wasn't like an everyday type of drinker, even after school going into, I, I went into accounting. So I started off in public accounting and it was very much the same thing, like uh, binge drinking, you know, with accounting. I was in tax, so we're very deadline driven. Any accounting really is, but deadline driven. And what happens after a deadline goes? Well, we celebrate, you know, or we have happy hours on the weekends or, you know, whatever that might be. And, you know, so it was kind of like more of the same way I, I drank in college, kind of carried on into my professional uh, start there. And then I'd say I was 27, 28 when I switched jobs to a corporate job. So a little bit more, a little bit less hectic, although we were busy enough. Um, and, you know, we got our first house. We, our, my, our daughter was born. So everything kind of like changed then. That was about uh, 2007. Okay. Um, and you know, for a while it was, it was like, I, I was a social drinker, so I never really had an off switch. 
So social drinking, I was always the last one there. I was always, you know, wanting more and all that, but I, I wasn't really drinking a lot at home at that point. But little by little, as I got into my thirties, you know, come home and have a beer or I was stressed from work and one mm-hmm. became two, became three. And yeah. again, it wasn't every day, you know, then in 2015 with uh, my job, you know, I, I got put on a big project and this was kind of like, this is one of those things where, you know, I don't blame my job for anything. I blame my, you know, lack of coping skills and things like that, that I've, you know, just never learned or was taught or whatever you want to call it. But I always think of the, I think there's a quote, I never, well, I read this book in high school, but I've seen the quote since, um, I think it's Ernest Hemingway's, The Sun Also Rises, where two characters were talking about like, well, how did you become bankrupt? And the one guy responded gradually and then suddenly. And that's kind of how I feel like my, my drinking always was kind of just creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. It was more and more at home. Uh, you know, I, Got in, I got into craft beers and of whiskey and all that stuff, well. you know, that, that, all that, that type of thing where, you know, it, it was, it became, you know, part of my identity where I, I sought these things out and I did that. Um, but then you add in the stress from this added stress from work. I was put on this big project and it became, you know, a, a way to cope with that stress and a way to relax at the end of the day, which was usually very late. And and all of 2015 was uh, really sucked up with this. And, you know, we get, you do well and you get more work. And, you know, well, 2015, we had to implement this thing, uh, this project. 2016, we had to, uh, or we had to make the change then. We had to implement it in 2016. 2017, 2018 became, okay, well, we're, looking, the company's looking at, you know, potentially being bought out. So we have to do due diligence and all that. So it just be, it became one thing after another. Right. Like the stress and, doesn't stop. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, like, so for my work in 2015 and 2016, I, I was one of two people out of hundreds of our accountants who I want accountant of the year with this other nice. person for the work I did in 2015. Do you think that work was also one of your, like, were you pouring yourself into yeah. that? And then, like, when work, when, like, the work addiction or whatever, like, stopped, then you'd, like, switch to yeah. alcohol? Yeah. Um, well, it, it was, it was like, I poured myself into work, mm-hmm. and alcohol was the relaxation or the me time. Everybody else was in bed. You know, my wife gets up super early for work, always has. And I'm usually more of a night person, so we kind of, like... It almost worked out where, you know, yes, I started drinking before she went to bed, but uh, usually it was, you know, I would carry on much later. So she didn't see a lot of that. You drink like a lot more than she would see or realize. Yeah. And it's not like I hit it, but she wasn't up. So she didn't know. And, you know, I I almost made it a point to myself, like, well, I'm not hiding bottles. I'm not doing any of that. I'm all out in the open. Not like I'm telling anybody how much I'm drinking or Right. And it wasn't every day and it wasn't, you know, I had times where I could stop for a little bit and, but, but little by little, it was just, you know, more of a continuous thing that I just kept doing. And it was, it became that way to cope and it just became way too much of, it it was less social, although although that was there and it was more at home in the basement. Uh, I would wake up at 
five in the morning because the pipe was right there that was right underneath our bedroom and my wife would be showering. The water would be trickling down and I would wake up, all the lights were on, the TV was on and, you know, I just passed out on the couch. Um, and again, it wasn't every day. It wasn't, I had all these justifications, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't drink three days this week. I, you know, I didn't drink at all. I deserve this, that type of stuff. Not to mention that, like, I don't have a problem. I'm not an alcoholic. I cannot drink one day. Like, that's fine. Yeah. We just like rationalize that so much in our minds. And I fought that too. That's a big part of my, I feel a big part of my story is the why I kept drinking for longer than I feel I should have is because I wasn't, I'm not an alcoholic. Like, I don't know anybody who I'm, I'm drinking like everybody else pretty much, even though I probably wasn't because, you know, I always say you never know how somebody drinks when they go home. Right. Or something like that. Like you see like, Oh, well this person can handle it, but you don't know that that, that person then goes home and continues on and, you know, does all that. Um, And in my case too, it was like, I was very good at making sure that I would pregame before I would go out. So even just like, I mean, you know, like curling my hair or, you know, whatever, getting ready for whatever dinner or birthday or whatever, literally any social gathering, it was time to have a beer or two or, you know, like multiple before I would even go out. So then again, I wasn't like lying to my friends or the crew that I was with, but it's not like I walked in going like, I'm already four beers deep. You know, I just would order my first drink of the night, you know, and then that's what people would see. So. Absolutely. I really. Um, Yeah. So when did you decide, like, what was the moment where you were like, maybe there won't be another night like this or. So uh, like 2018 became like that year where I was like, I, this isn't good. (laughs) Um, You know, I, uh, I ended up getting, you know, blood work done and liver enzymes were high and, um, you know, everything, my weight was going up, my cholesterol, my blood pressure, all the things were not trending in the good direction, obviously. And, you know, I got an ultrasound on my liver, had fatty liver, and that was probably in August of 2018. And I, I kind of half jokingly say, like, you would have thought the fix for that was to drink more because that's what I did. Like, I didn't take that and be like, oh, I should stop. Um, well, I, I said, oh, I should stop, but I didn't know how. Right. Um, and the stress yeah. of all that and the, the like, yeah. it's like knowing that you have to do something and then you're overwhelmed by it. So you want to yeah. cover it up more. Yeah. And, you know, I tried a sober October that year. I always talk about that because I made it four days, I think. And then I drank on the fifth day, whatever that Friday was. I know I came home from work because it was a busy time of year for work. And I was like, well, October's over. So I guess I'll just try this again next month, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and getting into 2019 then that January with year end at work. And it was just not a it, 2018 wasn't a good time in my head either. Like I was because of all this, it wasn't, I, I knew this isn't how I wanted to live. I, you know, I, I, I never got an official, you know, diagnosis or anything, but I knew I was depressed and I know I, you know, all those things that were happening. And I'm like, I need to change this somehow. Um, but how, like, I didn't right. know. And I look, you know, so I started looking, I'm like, well, I'm like, there's AA or I could keep drinking. And I'm like, I guess I'll keep drinking because I'm not going to go do AA because yeah. I knew, I knew, like I looked at the 12 steps and I was like, that doesn't jive with me at all. I yep. don't know anybody in AA. Uh, you know, had I had a friend who I kind of knew did that, maybe I would talk to them, but I just didn't know. And I tried to, you know, obviously I'm trying to look online. I never walked into a room. 
Mm-hmm. And had I walked into a room, you know, I'm sure I would have connected with somebody. I'm sure it would have, you know, helped in that. I'm, I'm guessing it would have, right? I mean, you never right. know. Yeah. Um, but to get somebody to walk into a room of people when they're like, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember, I remember walking in and, and still, yeah. you know, to this day, I'm pretty vocal about like, you know, that's where I definitely started my recovery journey. And I'm so grateful for the 12 step programs. I swear, yeah. like they saved my life. I don't know how else I would have done it because I, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to get into like your online journey and like what you found because it's kind of, um, I don't mean to do the segue for you, but like, you know, you're not in accounting anymore. So I want to hear a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and so, so like that beginning of 2019, I I was looking, you know, I picked up uh, Russell Brand's book, Recovery, and I know he he reframes, not to use that word, but reframes (laughs) the 12 steps, right? Yes. Um, Highly, highly recommend it. If you're listening and have not looked into this book, it's literally called Recovery. It's like a beautiful teal green and it's Russell Brand. He's hilarious and a little, uh, what's the word? (laughs) Brash. Yeah. (laughs) But. (laughs) Well, but that was, so I I was reading that because I'm like, maybe this will be, because I liked, you know, I, I figured I would like the way he put it and maybe this would be the thing that, oh, I get it now and I can use this or. Right. Um, and like, instead of the first step, like in the 12 step, um, uh, like tradition or whatever, like it'll say like one, we came to, or, uh, what was it? Like one, um, we admitted that, you know, we had a problem mm-hmm. with, with, um, drugs or alcohol or whatever program you're in. And Russell Brand's first step literally just says, are you a bit fucked? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, do you need to change here? Like, <laughs> Well, and, and the one thing I, I can't remember which step it was, I do need to figure this out because I always say that. Um, but the one thing that clicked for me, I remember I was driving in my car to work and I was listening to it on audible and I remember pausing it right afterwards. And I'm like, that's it. Uh, because he said, are you on your own going to unfuck yourself? And that hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm like, no, jackass, you've been trying to yeah. <laughs> fuck yourself for a long time and it hasn't worked. Um, to actually get need, honest with yourself. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, cause I've tried it, I've tried so many things, so many little gimmicks or, um, you know, just a sober October I did because I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast on September 30th of that year. And they were on there talking about doing it. And I was like, Oh, I'll do it. Follow along and do it. Yeah. I Perfect. All I need is to be sober for one October and then everything's yeah. going to be better. Yeah. And I'll yeah. know that I'm not an alcoholic cause I've gone 30 days. <laughs> yeah. And, and I went into it with zero tools, zero thing except I'm not going to drink this month. Right. That was my, that was my tool. That was my plan. So, you know, with, with that, am I going to do this by myself? So ultimately I didn't feel like that book, like, Oh, this makes sense. I'm going to go search out. I mean, I was looking online, I was finding rooms, I was doing all that, but I was looking at other options too. And one of them was therapy. And mm-hmm. I was looking, I'm like, okay, if I have to go into a room, that's, that's, Talk, like I'm a, I'm lazy, but B like, it, unless someone's making me do this, unless I got to that point where I was being made to like, it was going to be a hard sell for me. Mm-hmm. Same thing with therapists. Like if I had to go drive, you know, even if it was five minutes away and I met with them once a month or something like that, that was going to be, you know, hard for me to get through that doorstep. Yep. Um, I don't know why it was just, it was kind of like that. I I mean, we could talk about this later too, but it was kind of like that thing. Like I can't admit that I have a problem or I can't admit that I need help. I have to do this on my own type of stuff, you know? So I found better help online. I'm like, Ooh, okay. That's, that's an option. And then, you know, eventually it was that 
January 22nd, 2019. Um, it was a Tuesday. I, uh, I, I remember I had, I drank half of the bottle that I got the night before on Monday when, you know, started the week busy and came into Tuesday. I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'll open up this, you know, bottle of wine. I'm like, cause I don't want to finish that bottle. Cause I will. And I, uh, drank the wine and then went and finished the bottle. Uh, wow. anyway. and that was when I kind of just, um, you know, my, my bottom, <laughs> as I call it, was sitting on my freaking couch, just in tears at that point being like, I can't keep fucking doing this. And that's when I pulled on my computer and said, look, you've been looking at all this stuff for too long. Just, just do, just sign up for this. And I had to go back the next day and look like, what the hell did I write in my onboarding for uh better help? Cause I yeah. just signed up that night. You signed up like while you were drunk. Yeah. That's so incredible that you were in somehow like in a state of mind, knowing that you didn't want to be in that state of mind anymore, but knowing that you, I, I totally relate. And I mean, if anybody, any of our, you know, our listeners have struggled with their own, you know, relationship with alcohol or addiction of any kind, it's like, you're literally looking at it, like you're holding it in your hand. And you're also like, I don't want to do this anymore. As you literally take another drink or like whatever it is, whatever substance or like thing that you have this addiction to, it's like, we can have these conversations with ourselves over and over and over again. Like, I'm not yeah. going to drink, you know, or I'm not going to XYZ. And then four days later, you know, we break. And I just had a discussion with um, a client of mine um, at work the other day. And I shared this on the previous episode. I, I did a solo episode and it is very similar to saying, hey, I'm going to just officially stop taking any pain medication for this open gash and wound that I have that is like festering and severely infected and severely not okay. Like I, I am realizing that like, hey, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I feel all this pain and my solution is to make sure that I just stop all pain management the way that I've been going about it. And so, of course, when we are just trying to stop the pain management part of it, like the medicine, you know, we, we call it self-medicating for a reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so to just remove that completely, and then you're left with this like gaping wound and no knowledge or understanding or self-compassion to give yourself like the, like just empathy to be like, Hey, like I wasn't taught. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, you know, I don't know anybody that has done this before. I, you know, and we don't are, of course, our mind doesn't act that way, especially when alcohol is a depressant. A lot of us struggle with mental health in the first place, which is that gaping wound that I'm literally talking about right now. Yeah. Like that is the wound, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that you just put that bandaid of alcohol over while it festers underneath. Right. I mean, yeah. and it's like, as long as we can't see the wound, cause it's got a cover on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's clearly I'll, how we uh, fix it. <laughs> yeah, I'll reapply with new gauze every night and put that mm -hmm. on there, but I'm not going to actually treat it. I'm not going to actually put medicine or medication on it and, and do something that's actually going to fix it. We can be like terrified of the recovery process of like what actually, you know, what a professional yeah. might say if they look at it, you know, like maybe we have this like pit in our stomach. We know that it's got to have, you know, surgery or something even more painful and we just don't want to admit it. But yeah. And, and that was, you know, one of the, that's what I consider like, like I know uh, April 29th, 2019 is like my day one um, now. And actually, yeah, today is four and a half years officially. Um, nice. Congrats. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but that day on, on January 22nd is always like my, I feel like that's more important to me because that's the time I actually said, 
I need to change. I need to do something different. All those times before were half-hearted. That one, I felt. Um, and I remember sitting here four days later with a drink in my hand and talking to my wife. And she was talking about something. I don't know what. But 20, 30 minutes into that, I finally said, I'm like, what would you say with, with Liquid Courage? Because it was still like, I haven't talked to my therapist yet. I didn't know what was going on. But... I had made this change on a Tuesday and it's already Friday. And I'm like, I need to tell her <laughs> that I'm doing this. And I'm like, what would you say if, and I needed that courage because I, I basically was admitting like I had a problem for the first time. And it was yeah. like, what would you say if I went and saw a therapist for, you know, my drinking? Um, and she, obviously she was not, obviously she was supportive. Yeah. And not obviously. It's not like that sometimes. Yeah. I, I say that, but yeah, I always catch myself there because it's not, I mean, it's not always supportive and it's not, um, it's not always understood, but it, yeah, it, it was, uh, I think the next day then I stopped and I had a meeting with my, my counselor, my therapist, and I went about two months without drinking. Like I, I, I was at the point where I was like motivated, you know, she gave me some tools right off the bat that I just like, I went all in and, but I, I feel like I was successful there because in the back of my head, the entire time I was like, okay, I don't have an off switch. I'm hoping that you install this dimmer switch in my brain because I'm, it's not like I'm never going to drink again. Uh, right. I was still like, and it became this thing with her of like, when can I drink again? When does it make sense? When, you know, and, um, I have a, I have a work trip to San Antonio in May, in March. Can that be the, you know, time when I start, what about right. uh vacation at the end of April, all that stuff. Like fully intending to like have a beer when you're out type thing or like. Well, no, this wasn't a forever thing. This wasn't like, I'm, well, I'm not possibly gonna quit drinking like right. this is who I am but, this is what like, I like so in your head you were like well you know in a couple of months I have this work trip and like I'm gonna probably have a beer or two that night and then I'll be I'll be okay by then yeah I'll, yeah. I'll be better able to handle control it I'll it. take a break control it so I feel like my success was due you know early on there taking that two months was because I was motivated you know I got to the point where I'm like I have to change this I had someone to hold me accountable. And I knew that I was going to drink. So it was not like I was saying this was forever. So I think that helped me get through there. Now it, that, that, that was not easy. Um, and that's where I started, you know, that's where I started like opening up to her and my, and when I say her, my, my, uh, therapist of, you know, through, through better help, you were stuck through better help. help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's one of the reasons like we can talk about reframe too. What I'm doing now where, that's why I love that because it's in my pocket. And I, I got to the point where instead of wanting to reach for a drink, I was immediately going to reach for my pocket because I was going to type out what I was thinking and message her, knowing full well that she wasn't going to get back to me right then. It, you know, it could have been late or whatever, but just yeah. getting it out there and knowing that she could have seen it, you know, helped me work through it. And, and I'm big on journaling now. And that was like kind of the start of it. Like messaging yeah. her, putting all those thoughts out there became um my, my journaling origin story, uh, if you will. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you're very open about like 
sharing what you write, sharing what you read. Um, I mean, literally, we opened up this conversation by you quoting something from Ernest Hemingway, you know, like I, I want to um, get into, I want, I would like to have you explain reframe. Cause like, even yeah. me, I feel like I'm still like, because I'm not using the app yeah. at this point in my life. I'm just like, gosh, tell me all of the things um, because reframe. So better help is an app. Is that right? Or just a website or whatever. Yeah, it's a website or an app. I, I think it's both. I mean, you can go either way. And that's like professional mental health therapy. Yeah. But reframe isn't necessarily the same. It's something that's specifically for drinking. Like people. Yeah. So reframe yeah. is uh, it's um, it's basically neuroscience based uh, drinking app. The number one drinking app on iOS and Android now. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I went into my podcast, uh, my my podcast uh, uh, intro. Um but no, it's a it's a app on both Android and uh, Apple, uh, neuroscience based, uh, where it help, helps people just learn about what what is alcohol doing to our bodies, to our minds, uh, to our relationships, to how how does it impact these things? Uh, it it teaches cognitive behavioral therapy and 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 different modalities like that as far as the daily tasks are concerned. So it's a whole kind of course uh, built in there. And when you sign up, you get to pick between two tracks and one of them is the cutback track. And one of them is the quit. So it, I like it from the standpoint of it, it isn't, Hey, I have to quit. Or this is about, you know, abstinence. It, it offers that way to, to take a look at moderating or cutting back and okay. see, you know, if that is, you know, um, if that's for you, but you know, it gives you that entry point of uh, being able to take a look at how alcohol is showing up in your life and, and, and give you so those much. tools. Yeah. yeah. We, we need more of that too. Like it, it sounds like it's um, what we call person centered work. So it's like every person has their individual life lifestyle, yeah. yep. family relationships, relationship with themselves, their own mental health journey, their own physical needs, like all of those things. Yeah. And so that's beautiful. That makes me think of your early recovery journey if you would have found reframe first i'm imagining maybe i'm wrong but maybe you would have clicked the cutback option yes first i, I definitely would have and you know i, I always think like you know, i think i would have what, what would have happened yeah i mean but it would have gotten me hopefully the the thought being it would have gotten me to actually working on it and learning things quicker yeah. Would I have actually learned things? I mean, I think, you know, my dominoes fell in the way that worked for me. And, you know, ultimately I would have clicked the cutback track and I would have eventually probably had to get to the quit track. Like, yes. you know, you could switch in between to back and forth or whatever. Yeah. But I think eventually I would have figured out that kind of like I did, because that's what I did. I mean, I, I moderate, you know, I took a break. I went back and I tried to moderate in that on that trip in San Antonio didn't go well. Went well the first night, not the second. I tried it on vacation at the end of April too. Called it the great moderation vacation of 2019. <laughs> it was okay, but but I was constantly thinking about it. I was constantly focused on it. And I'm like, you know, I, I just 95% is hard. A hundred percent is easier. Like having yeah. one rule, don't drink was easier for me than juggling all of the yeah. 50 rules in my head yeah. uh, that I had created. And the, I'll only so, drink with food. I'll only drink with this person. I'll only yeah. drink when <laughs> I'll only have two or three or only this know, type. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get exactly. It. And so I came back from vacation and that Monday I woke up, I had to Sunday, I had to finish everything that I brought back with me in the house. And, um, 
passed out during uh, one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, the How Night dare King. you? <laughs> I know. Um, and then woke up the next day and I said to myself, I'm like, there's no way I'm making it to the weekend. And, and that was 1600 and some days ago, like uh, that, uh, you know, I just kind of, I, I was doing the work already with my therapist, right? I was doing that. I was working on that. So I was like, you know what? I made it 60 days earlier this year. Let's just shoot for 61. Let's just try that and, and work on it. And little by little, I felt better. And I was like, okay, let's do 90. And then I got to closer to 90. I'm like, okay, I can see six months ahead. Um, and then little by little, I kept just pushing that out and seeing that, you know what? I just felt better this way. And yes, yeah. I still had... I still struggled. I still wanted to drink. I still had issues and, uh, that I had to work through and, and times where I almost drank. And ultimately, you know, I just kept focusing on like, okay, I'm working on myself here. Uh, it's not a, just about alcohol. It's about all these other reasons why I reach for a drink in the first place. A hundred percent. And I just keep on saying like, yep, <laughs> like yeah. not, not like, because I, I know your story, you know, by heart or anything, but because I know mine and it's so relatable like that. Yeah. And that's the, re I mean, I didn't have um, any knowing of like any app or any, like, I mean, I think I knew about like better help and stuff. I think for me, it was that 12 step, this 12 step program. There were people my age in Fargo, North Dakota that were going to those meetings. And I met a few really good people, thank God. Like in like the first couple of times going, I just felt like people were at least like welcoming, you know, and yeah. that was really, really beautiful. And like when you talk about being able to reach into your pocket and type a message out to your therapist online, and that was kind of like the beginning of your journaling. You know, it's very yeah. similar with me where in, um, you know, any 12-step program, if you like follow the program and and, you know, play by the rules, um, you get a sponsor. And so that was something that I did is I eventually pretty, pretty soon after um, deciding to quit, you know, I got a woman to say yes and to be my sponsor. And so I, poor thing, I love her so much, but I, I used, I used her um, very thoroughly. You know, I just very much was like, I will be reaching out to you at any time of day or night yeah. or whatever. And I did. And she, she talked me through so much in the beginning and um, you know, she'd been through it before. So she was like a great coach, you know, yeah. and it's actually interesting. I, I love her. Um, she's actually going to be graduating or she did, she did graduate, um, as with a degree in counseling too. To that point, And to, I, I looped away from, uh, what I was saying about reframe too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the, the program, you know, that's the nice thing about it. It's in my pocket and it has tools like just there for you. Like I, I had to, I feel like I had to you know, work with my therapist and she spoon fed me tools like that she thought would be good and all that, which was great. And it worked well, but it, it's, a, this is like, okay, here's a, here's all the tools you'll need. Now I actually already want to take that back because all the tools you'll need are, are going to be different for everybody. So, but it gives you, it has a toolkit in there. You have a craving, you can go in there, you can, you know, watch videos, listen to a podcast, you know, play a game to distract yourself, you know, do, do a lot of things. Um, the, it has a forum in there that's 24 seven. So anybody, any, any point in time, you can go in there as a whole community, basically just posting wins, what they're struggling with, nice. you know, supporting one another. Um, there's forum, you know, moderators in there as well, helping people. Uh, so it is literally have, a community. It's not like an app that yeah. you just like open and yeah. you're like typing to yourself. Like you exactly. connect with people through the app. 
Yeah. And then I was just going to mention, we have, you know, community meetings too. So yeah. So you subscribe to the app and you, you get all of this, you know, included in there and the community meetings we have, we're up to around 200 a month. 200 um, meetings? Meetings. Yeah. That's on crazy. Zoom. That's so um, cool. And there's, there's, you talked about like people your age and things like that. Like we have, you know, we have men's groups, women's groups, uh, under 30, over 50, in between LGBTQ, BIPOC. We just had a military veterans and first responders meeting today. Wow. Uh, we have a grief meeting tonight, uh, a trauma one tomorrow. You know, there's just a, a bunch, right? But we have meetings every day. Um, some are, uh, you know, all reframer meetings. So anybody on reframe can go to. Some are specifically cutbacks. Some are specifically alcohol-free. So every day there's multiple meetings that you can attend via Zoom. Um, and, you know, we're up to, you know, some of the meetings like the men's group might be 50 or 60 guys. The bigger meetings might be 200 plus people in there. Um, so you don't have to turn on your camera. You don't have to share. You don't have to. Uh, you can just listen. You can put on, you know, I go in there sometimes myself and I have my, what I call my burner account and it just says iPhone. Um, it doesn't say my name. So I just, if I just want to listen. I can hop yeah. in and, and do that. In like a true um, anonymous fashion. Yeah. If yeah. You want to. yeah. Yeah. And that's all kind of just baked in there. There's challenges, there's courses, all that. So, um, and, and you are a certified recovery coach now yes. through reframe, right? Yep. And yeah. So, and then we do offer, um, the only, you know, added cost that you'll pay and reframe is with one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. If you do want that additional help, you can get that through um, our coaches as well. That's so. incredible. I love that. This is like, it's so needed, especially, especially since, um, I, you know, I got uh, clean in the, around the same year, 2018 was my, uh, wow, we have to make some different changes <laughs> year. Um, and, you know, I went the professional treatment route. I just, you know, I was very unsure, you know, what resources were available, how to do it. But knowing that, like, if I would have known that there was an app that I could just have downloaded and had in my pocket, I, I think that I would have tried that route too, you know, where it's like, um, I don't know, I think it can be just like really, really beneficial because it's not necessarily the initial getting sober, initial stopping. Um, that is the, I mean, everything is the most important, but like that can be easy to get like a day. Um, not easy, but you know, like we can do yeah. it, we can get a yeah. day in, but it's the, it's the trajectory. Like how can you sustain this yeah. over a period of time? And so that's account, that's the accountability piece that um, it's hard, you yeah. know, without that, without the, yeah. you know, community or someone yeah. knowing that this is what you said you were going to do, <laughs> you yeah. know, and people do that all the time in the meetings or on the forum. I mean, put it out there. I mean, it's been dubbed uh, by, by our, users in the app, the refam. Um, Aww, and I love you that. know, it's, yeah. So, I mean, it is like, people are like, where's, I'll just say my name, Kevin. Um, you know, where's Kevin been? Like, is he okay? Like if, if somebody hasn't, uh, you know, shown up in a while that who usually mm -hmm. does. And, you know, so there is that sense of community and concern and, and all of that. And it's, it, it is, it's a powerful tool that, you know, you don't need to do it. Um, if you just, I kind of see it as a choose your own adventure. If you just want to come in and do the daily tasks and learn about it and, and dive in that way, maybe use the drink tracker to, you know, work on reducing. You can do that. Right. You want to use the forum. You want to do that. Use the forum and go to a meeting, you know, whatever it is, you know, pick your style. Yeah. I love that. 
And we have this plenty is- of people too who also do AA, who also do other, you know, other things. And and that's the and I'm you know, I encourage that. I mean, find what works for you. You know, some people this works a hundred percent. Some people AA works a hundred percent. That's all they have to do or because that's what works. Right. You have to find that. And maybe it's a mix. Maybe it's, yeah. And I just love the options too. Like, um, especially like with COVID hitting, like so many meetings were shut down and like, there's just so many different stipulations that are just like, I mean, even the weather, like I live in Fargo, come on. Like there's going to be times where I'm feeling a little antsy and would like to connect and I'm not going to be able to make it to an in-person thing. So I just love the convenience too. Um, Something that I did want to talk about um, with you specifically is uh, well, there's two things, but it's they're kind of in the same vein of kind of a um, vulnerability in men. And I know that this is something that you said you just kind of started when you got sober is a journaling and kind of getting in touch with your feelings um, and kind of your thoughts and what was kind of the driving force behind all of the the drinking that was happening in your life. But I guess, could you just speak to that a little bit, like the importance of vulnerability? Um, and talking about emotions and being somehow finding a way to be honest with yourself and then opening up yeah. and being honest with others. And, and, yeah. and maybe I just feel like it, it's, it is different um, between men and women and the way that our society tells people that they can or should communicate in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I, you know, I never, I never did. I never journaled, quote unquote, journaled before. And and I don't even like that term because I feel like it, it brings with it a connotation of, I don't know. I know. Um, I know. I get it. It's, it's like, like a this. diary, right? Or, right. you know, but it, it sounds but like you're not. like a 13 year old girl, like writing about yeah. Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say it, but you could say it. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, right. I mean, it's, it's, I get it's it. like, well, why am I going to do that? Well, because it helps. Right. It's proven yes. to help Google it like you can see the benefits of getting your thoughts out of your head onto a piece of paper or in my case, I prefer digital. Um, yep. But uh, I still have, you know, I have my nice leather journal here, which I occasionally write in. Um, but I, I just, you know, it's easier to pull out my phone. I have my phone everywhere. Um, but really, it was, you know, I was always the one like many guys, like many people who are. How's it going? Oh, I'm fine. Great. Living the dream. You know, mm-hmm. when I most certainly was not fine or great or living any dream. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, but I, I just kind of kept all that inside and I pushed it down with, with alcohol and, you know, until I couldn't push it down anymore. And it was, you know, that's why I always say like, if we don't like, I, I drank because of stress is, was, the thing that I said, the reason I said I drank the most, I drank because of work stress. And that was true, but I really drank because of a lot of reasons. And I didn't realize it until I actually started paying attention to it. And then having to, you know, with my therapist, talk to her about it. I had to be like, Oh, I just got a, I just got angry at something. And I wanted to drink like, Oh, okay. So it's not just work stress or I got sad about this and I wanted to drink. And, but it wasn't until I like started like noticing a craving, noticing mm-hmm. that I wanted to have a drink at something that I started to look at why I was having that. And then part of that was me starting to, I said, get curious about it. You're right. Pull, pull out my phone and start typing. 
and be like, where did this come from? Oh yeah, yeah, I was stressed because of work. Okay, but why? Oh, you know, and I dug and I dug and I dug and I realized that at lunch, at this meeting I had after lunch, someone said something and, and about my work or whatever, and it triggered me and it was something that they always say. And, you know, so then I could go maybe address that in the future um, or whatever, you know, I'm just making that scenario up, but you know, it was something like that. Switching from like the autopilot way of just like literally operating that way. Like I will pour myself a drink and it will just continue into the next day versus like becoming self-aware of like, Hey, I actually just realized that I'm thinking about drinking. What's that about? Yeah. Yeah. But we can't uh, do that if we don't make the decision to like start to get, you know, get curious and look at ourselves. Yeah. I mean, awareness is key, right. To making any change. And, right. uh, you know, I always look to it, go check out feelingswheel.com. I think it is like, you right. know, it has, cause you have the big, the feelings wheel, you have the big emotions in the middle. It's like happy, sad, angry. And, and then from there you go out and, Oh, you're sad. Well, why? And it, it kind of gives you better words to use. I was, I'm disappointed. Oh yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm not sad. I'm disappointed. And then you go out another layer, and then it, it's it branches off disappointed into even more, um, you know, specific words that you can use. But but really narrowing it down like that, I, I feel, can be a great way to connect with why am I actually feeling like this, not just like I'm. I'm feel like frankenstein like mad you know yeah uh, right frank frankenstein's monster that is um <laughs> well like right, the, majo- so I mean- <laughs> the majority i mean it's even october come on get it right i know no, my bad. um <clears throat> the majority of people like women included like the only emotions that they really know how to say that they're feeling is anger sadness and mm-hmm. happiness like that's it yeah i'm happy i'm sad or i'm mad like those are the yeah. three emotions, but it's like, there's so much more. And this is also why Brene Brown's work is so amazing. And I'm thinking yeah. about her new book, Atlas of the Heart, where she breaks down emotional intelligence and the importance yeah. of vulnerability and how it's literally one of the, it's like the superhuman strength is to be able to understand how you're feeling and how that is making like what you're thinking and how that's making you feel. And then how that creates behaviors and actions in the world. And especially in a society where you know, we are seeing a lot of violence, you know, like, I mean, it's always been that way, especially um, when we're talking about masculinity in particular. And I taught feminism and women and gender studies and cultural diversity and all of the things at North Dakota State University. And one thing that we just are not talking enough about still in 2023 is toxic masculinity and what that means. And it doesn't mean that men are toxic to the world. Like, no, we're talking about how there is a, an expectation put on men by other men um, and by women, you know, it's everywhere. It's the societal expectation of them to be strong, you know, like exactly what you just said, like emotionless, kind of like this zombie, like going through life because it's about like, you know, if you have strength and muscle, then you can't have feelings because it's one or the other, but like, that's not how a human being operates, no no matter if they're male or not. And it's bullshit. Like I, I, Oh, I can do this myself. I can, I can take care of things or I have to take care of things. I have to do it all myself. I can't ask for help. It's like, it's bullshit. Like everything you've ever done in your life, no matter what it is, when it is, you've had help. Maybe you can, you can point to that one thing and be like, well, I did this all by myself. I built this company. Like you had help. Like you had teachers before you that taught you how to do that. You've used the internet, right? There's help. Like it's just that. And I see when you were talking about that and toxic masculinity and all that. And I was, I've been seeing a lot of things on Instagram now and 
people picking apart the guys that are like, if you do this, you're a beta. And I would just roll my eyes. It's like, all right, the fact that you're even like alpha and beta, it's like, shut the hell up. <laughs> um, like, again, but that's guys perpetuating this thing. Like, you have to do this if you're a man. And it's like, no. How about you just, how about you be a good human and try and, and keep keep working on yourself yeah, and keep growing and get help. Right. If you need help. Um, it's so hard though. Cause and, uh, sorry. No good. It's so hard. Well, what? you have, you have to, it's so hard because we are like, not to, you know, plug here, but like we have to reframe how we even like. It's a good word. Of, <laughs> a good name. I mean, I mean, it is, it's brilliant. Like, but why, like if someone doesn't think that they're doing something wrong or doing something harmful to themselves or anybody else, or if they don't care, you know, yeah. like if they weren't taught that way or if they think like, yeah. you know, it's like we're taught that learning, like being educated on our emotions and how the inner parts of our brain and our body like works is like a weakness for some reason. Like understanding ourselves, knowing thyself is like shameful or something like it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. How, like I just, yeah, it's hard, but it's like it's causing so many problems obviously like it's yeah yeah i don't know i just i really wanted to talk to you about that because i know like i mean you're a dad right um and i want to um i just want to say like i'm i'm like so proud of you for choosing yes yourself like i know that like you got into a situation with your drinking where you had to take a really hard look at yourself and do some of the hardest scariest work that some of us will ever do and I, when I think of, when I see you posting online and you showing up for yourself every day, like it's a ripple effect. It's never that we're only showing up for ourselves. Yeah. It's that you showed up for your partner and you showed up for your kids and, um, you know, being able to, um, be there and be present. And that's why, you know, I've always shared uh, the way I have online because a lot of my posts over the years have been journal entries that I started and maybe there's the whole entry, maybe it's a part of it, um, but it's my thoughts that I type out and I put out there to people to show that, guess what? You know, you might be thinking this too. And you might be thinking like, oh, I have to just suck it up. Uh, I have to man up. Right. Yep. I, you know, one of my posts I think was like, don't man up, open up, uh, yes. you know, ask for help, you know, just because just look at other, you know, look at what other people are doing and see that, you don't have to keep doing things the same way just because that's all the way you've always done it. Just because that's what you were taught. I know it's hard. I I had to go through that. I mean, that was one of the hardest things was, you know, putting myself out there, social media. And I mean, it's the thing that's literally changed my entire life was yeah. opening up to somebody else. That's insane uh, that you're four and a half years into this yeah. recovery journey and you now literally so many things are so different in your life today and you're a coach for yeah. a recovery community yeah, not online an anymore <laughs> yeah exactly i know i think about that and it's just like you know where where has the time gone and but it's just been kind of a whirlwind and yeah you want to talk about i mean uh kind of going all in and you don't have to go all in but you know, I had to change my identity. I had to become some, something else than Kevin, the person who drinks. Um, and you know, I just tried new things along the way and little by little, I'm like, well, I'll try this. Oh, I'll, I'll start hosting on a thousand hours. Try, uh, I'll, I'll 
well, I, I started sharing on Instagram. I'll start hosting on a thousand hours dry. I'll start. What is a hey, thousand hours I'll, dry? A uh, thousand hours dry is just a, it's an Instagram page. Uh, it was a challenge, alcohol free challenge. 42 Ooh. days is a, is a thousand hours. Um, and, uh, and the challenge is in reframe, but it's also if you just go to 1000 hours dry page too, that, nice. uh, yeah, Kayla started that. Um, and now it's part of reframe. Cool. Um, Kayla Lyons, the, the Kayla like- Lyons, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she just came out with a book, right? Yep, Soberish. I just finished that as part of my 75 hard I'm doing now. Nice. Um, and that's, yeah, really good book. Uh, especially Soberish. Early on, yeah. Especially if you're looking for tools, that's a great one to uh, to read for that. Yeah, it's in my Amazon cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I really excited. So many, yeah, so many books laying around now. I know, um, I know. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of... Um, just like learning and educating myself. I think in the beginning of my early recovery journey, it was very like, um, no alcohol ever, um, no drug ever. Like that is the way. And, um, I really needed to have that core belief in myself in order for my journey to be successful. I truly believe that. Like I I really had to learn how to go like zero, (laughs) zero alcohol. Like it could not be a thing because it just is so quick to derail me. Um, But through, I mean, you know, I've been working in the recovery field too, and it's just really interesting learning so much more about harm reduction. I mean, with the legalization of weed um, in multiple states across the U.S. and just like starting to figure out um, how important it is to be able to choose a track like in this, like to be able to have an app that even starts you off as a track of like, Hey, I'm just getting curious. Hey, I kind of just want to cut back. And then being able to invite those, that group, you know, that, um, um, demographic of people saying like, you know, I'm not ready to quit totally. I'm not willing to say that I'm done forever. That's a bit controlling and a little scary. So I'm going to say that I'm moderating, but then like to get them in, to get like their foot in the door kind of and learn about what it could be like, or um, even just seeing the benefits of like, hey, you know, the days that I don't drink or when I go X amount of weeks without it, I feel like my life runs smoother. Yeah. You know, like it's just so important to be able to accept people at multiple different um, like. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's points on the spectrum, right? I mean, it's a, yes. like alcohol use disorder black and white, but there's a whole bunch of gray in between, right? So yes. you could be anywhere in that, in that sea of gray. And, you know, if you even question it a little bit, it's worth learning about and seeing like, okay, well, how, how am I going about my, my days? Am I reaching for alcohol when I could use something else to help me through that? Um, not to say that I'm not going to ever drink again, mm-hmm. but, you know, learning those, t- uh, different coping tools. And we don't do that. We don't, right. we don't learn that early, you know, early on and we see, you know, what's modeled all throughout society. So, you know, Hey, every, every show comes home, come home from work and stressed out and get a drink or, you know, hanging out with friends. What do you, what's, what are they doing? Drinking. Yep. So, you know, we're not shown that or taught that ever. So to be able to challenge yourself to see like, okay, well, this isn't showing up how I want it to, to show up. You know, because we we feel that, right? I mean, regardless of whether we're at a point where, hey, I have to, you know, stop forever or or not, like we feel like when we're it just doesn't feel right. Um, right. You know, maybe maybe I should cut back a little bit, or you know, I think everybody has probably said that at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Anybody but, that uh, relates to this conversation for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, to, to, to start that earlier, if I, if I had the app in 2015, whenever I was having my busy year, would that have helped? Maybe I can't say for sure. Right. I'm not a mind. I can't go back in time and right. see, but, um, you know, it, and maybe the, it might, it might have for me. Well, and the dominoes fell how they needed to, you know, like yeah, I just, that's how I see it too. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, life is teaching us lessons all the time. And we just, again, it's the self-aware piece is just being able to you know, ask ourselves how we're feeling in our body, um, what emotions are coming up and then ask ourselves why that is, you know, and then like, yeah. if if we can't figure it out and analyze, like, we can't like think and analyze a feeling or a trauma and then like heal it, you know, is it's often, you know, where we can join apps like this or like, you know, follow certain accounts that, you know, even if that's, if that's what we're willing to do is just um, get on our social media apps and find new pages to follow, you know, yeah. um, then that's where we have to start. And, and share anonymously there or like in our men's meetings on reframe, like some of the most vulnerable shares I've seen on, on reframe come in that meeting because it's a, it's a smaller meeting. It's a group of guys just there sharing and helping each other. And there's nothing toxic about in there at all. It's, it's very open. It's very, Hey, we're here to work on ourselves right. and get, and get better in life. And that's, that comes through, but finding a way to do that. Cause I mean, this meeting might not be for you. This app might not be for you. You know, AA might not be for you. The therapy might not be for you, but find that thing that, you know, works for you or, or might, that you feel might click yep. and try it. And, you know, and I found in early um, recovery, you know, pretty early on um, that I just, I'm, I'm constantly shifting and I'm pivoting and I'm making different choices to try things a different way. And if it doesn't feel totally right, yeah. then I'm going to ask why. And so I'm constantly doing that. And so, um, like you mentioned about how you completely shifted your identity, you had to change who you were. And I think a lot of times I know I've heard a lot of people share that the label of being sober um, or dry or alcohol, whatever it is, like that can be super intimidating, especially in the beginning, especially if you haven't even really committed to yeah. like saying that you're done forever or whatever, you know, like it's just lab like it, it, labels don't matter. Um, it's just it's the work that you're doing. And yeah. so for me, it's like, you know, if you need to have a label, or you need to have a way to explain to somebody something that you're going through. Um, if sober doesn't sound right to you, if that doesn't feel good to you, then saying something like, and I'm, you know, really focused on wellness or something just like really broad, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, I used the sober ginger for my account, but I used that because I didn't like using the word. So I forced myself to use it and I wanted to change it a couple of times and I'm just, now I just can't. Um, so I'm just <laughs> keeping it, Yeah, but I, I didn't like that word because you know, it, it brought up these connotations that I didn't want to accept or whatever at the time. So I forced myself to use it. Um, that was when I was anonymous. Um, and, and like I said, I've wanted to change it since and just haven't. Um, but like the term, like alcoholic, like I, I was, I never have said like, I'm an alcoholic. Yep. Um, was I, uh, five years ago? Yeah. I would have fit every definition that you could have thrown at me. Uh, am I now? No, I don't feel like I am. You know, I feel, you know, as part of like, recovery or I feel like I'm recovered now yes. that doesn't we don't have to get into that but no but I know, like that though I, like I I think that that's so important to talk about because um, you know I, I always think of it like you know I broke my hand in in high school and I'm not still in recovery from that right that healed 
And yes, I could re-break it right now and have to go through recovery again, just like I could, you know, go back to my old ways with alcohol and have to go through recovery again. But right now it's just more helpful in my head to say, no, I'm recovered, but I'm going to keep working on this because I have to keep getting stronger. Um, I think it's even recognizing myself. Well, again, as as long as like life carries forward, like we need to maintain every other aspect of our health as we move forward. Like we need to eat several times a day. We need to sleep every day. You know, like there are things, just basic stuff that we do for wellness that, you know, when we've struggled with something that has been um, so much part of like the networking in our brain, the neural pathways that have created our decisions and even just our automatic thinking processes, like we know that that's in our past, that that wound has happened in our past, you know, like your hand injury. It's like, well, you know, that like, you know, to stick with that metaphor, like, you know, maybe some people would have to like wear a brace to bed or you do certain exercises yeah. with that hand because like for the rest of your life, it might be a little bit more sore or maybe tender. I have arthritis. Yeah. Ex- because yeah. of it. And it's something exactly. I have to constantly you know work on a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to like be naive, you know, to, I don't mean to say that, you know, it's not, an, it's not an insult, but like, we got to wake the hell up and be like, Hey, like this is actually going to have to be a maintain, a maintaining. Yeah. yeah. Thing that I'm going to have to do. Um, and I, just and for I my still own see well-being. my therapist. I still see my therapist. I still do that. I don't do it specifically for alcohol anymore. I do mm-hmm. it because it helps me grow Daily. and helps well, me when, yeah, with other issues that come up, like it's not like life is perfect now that I don't drink. Yeah. You know? And I'm without like, stressed. without like being able to like learn strategies of how to take care of um, those lows that might come up, those triggers that that are still coming through because life happens, you know, then we're maintaining a way to like keep ourselves in a healthy headspace where our autopilot tendencies don't click on and they go, oh, um, we've had this ruminating thought or anger or whatever for months now. And the only solution that we know right now is alcohol. And so I'm going back to that. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. I just... I wish that we could talk forever. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm going to put a few of your um, links in the show notes here and get people um, to uh, be able to follow, reframe, follow you. And I'm actually going to put the feelings wheel in the show notes as well, just because it's, it's a good resource. Well, it's so brilliant. And like everything is digital now and to have everything just at your fingertips on your phone is so beautiful. I think it's, yeah. I know, I mean, we see it in statistics that it's just changing the lives of so many people to have um, recovery focused, wellness focused resources like yeah. this just available. So that's yeah. amazing. Absolutely. I, I appreciate you having this conversation with me today. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for asking. I'm glad we, glad we finally got connected and uh, yeah, it's great. Great to talk with you. Small Talk is produced in partnership with Be Easy Marketing. It would mean so much if you took the time right now to follow the pod and give a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'll see you guys here next week for another Big Talk topic. Until then, let's keep moving forward.